Welcome to Gray Awakenings, a podcast covering the gray areas of life. Hello, everyone. This is Hannah. Um, I'm coming at you before our episode real quick to let you know a huge announcement of something we just launched. Uh, We are now on Patreon. So if you would like to support our podcast in um, a different way than you already are now, please check out our Patreon link that we will post on our Instagram and share on our own personal pages. Um, When you look at our Patreon account, we will have five different tiers um, that you can support us by and you're going to get a lot of awesome, awesome, awesome stuff from it. So please check it out and see what it's all about. And thank you so much. We love you so much and we appreciate your support always. Hello, hello. Hello. All right, so my name is Hannah Gray. My pronouns are she and they, or they and she, holding myself accountable. Um, And my fun fact of the day is I'm driving to Cincinnati at 2 a.m. tomorrow. So, yay. It's pretty much tonight. But um, so (laughs) my name is Adrian Gray. (laughs) Shut up. P.S. The um, reason why we're laughing is because we just had to do this over because his mic was not on. <laughs> um, my fun fact. Did I say my pronouns? No. Oh, pronouns are he, him. And the fun fact for today is my job literally sucks. <laughs> I don't know if that's like a fun fact, though. Like, it's like a sad fact. Yeah. <laughs> Real sorry. <laughs> Um, I'm Amanda Drew. My pronouns are she and they. And my fun fact of the day is that we just adopted a kitty yesterday. And he's so lovely. Yeah, he's the best. <laughs> All right. Uh, my name is Allie Webster. And my pronouns are she, her. And my fun fact of the day is I just got home from a three and a half hour drive from Cooperstown, New York. So shout out to my Cooperstown family family since I haven't seen them in ages. Nice. Sam? No. Fun. I didn't know you were there. Yes, I um, just got back. <laughs> how fun. Um my name is Sam Dropke and my pronouns are she, her, and Oh gosh, a fun fact. I mean my favorite food is pizza, so I guess that's kind of fun. That's it's a fun. good fun fact. It's fun. So, if you, um, Sam and Allie, could tell us a little bit more about, like, how you know each other and stuff like that. All right. So, uh, Sam and I are half-sisters, and we just met about a year and a half ago. Um, Both of us are donor-conceived, and our parents both used the same donor, Um, and then we only found out about each other because we both took an ancestry DNA test and saw that we were really closely matched. And so Sam tracked me down on social media and that's... Yeah, I totally stalked you and found you on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm very glad you did. (laughs) Yeah, it was super cool. It was an awesome situation. We always joke about how lucky we are that the whole thing turned out the way it did, but... Um, I mean, there's not really a whole lot to it other than what Ali said, to be frank, like how we kind of found each other. I just, um, I sent a message on Ancestry through their, um, messaging platform and, um, I remember I was nervous she wasn't going to respond and my, I think 
he was my fiance at the time. I was like, what do you have to lose? Just find her on Facebook. She has a cool name. <laughs> he came right up and I messaged you on Facebook. And I pretty much said not to be creepy, but I think I'm your half sister and uh, go check Ancestry. <laughs> and then after that, we pretty much just talked, I think, for like a full week straight, like nonstop. Like it, it was so cool. Yeah, it, and it was super awesome because, um, so I had not checked the Ancestry messaging for quite a while, uh, and I, I, so I just got, like, these messages out of the blue on, on Facebook, and I immediately went to check Ancestry. I was like, oh my god, it's true! <laughs> um, and it was just this, like, really wild discovery, because... Uh, when I had done my ancestry test, it had been like a good year beforehand, and I had gotten an ancestry test for myself and my mom. Uh, and so, ancestry, in addition to like showing you like where your genes originate from, uh, it will show show you who you're matched with. And when I got my test results back, it was just my mom and then a bunch of people who were like maybe your fourth cousin um and so I kind of stopped checking after that because I was like oh well there must not be anybody else out there I just didn't really (laughs) it didn't really register to me that like this could still this was still a really real possibility to find half siblings yeah I, I feel the same way I totally I honestly I didn't even think I was gonna match with anyone on ancestry like at all so even when it showed like fourth cousins I didn't really think it was, I, I didn't even think it was, like, real, I, I guess might be the best way to describe it. Like, it was so surreal. It just was, like, I had done it just to see if I was actually Italian. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I had no clue that half-siblings were even in a possibility at that point. So um, the whole thing was just totally insane when I first got the results. And I think it literally took me, like, a day to find you and then after that because I immediately saw Allie it shows the like the percentage of DNA that you share and um what they call centimorgans which is essentially like how much of your DNA you share with someone and um it it pretty much showed my mom uh, and then right below that was Allie and then some of my other like first cousins that I know um from my mom's side so I knew Allie was definitely something more than just a cousin based off of our percentage of DNA so it was just crazy. Yeah. So the other thing that was really cool about it was that um, we, or so so, when I was growing up, I am very certain that I met other people who had two moms um, because that's that's the reason that um, my parents chose to donor conceive is that both of them are women uh, and neither of them has sperm. So um, uh, that was the route that they went with. Um, and like a lot of different families choose to use donor conception for different reasons, but like that was their particular experience. And um, I, I, I'm sure I have met other people who have had that same experience, but it wasn't ever something that I talked about very openly with people who I didn't know well. Um, and it definitely wasn't anything that happened in my friend group. So like when I met Sam and being like 22, 
23, I want to say. Um, that was the first time that I had met anyone else who was in my exact same situation. Because um, Sam and I are very close in age. Uh, we are four months apart. Um, I'm older. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, see, I and I've also been an only child, so I haven't been able to make those jokes up until now. <laughs> um, well, what's so cool too, Allie, is like the whole how our, our parents even went through similar situations. Not only just the donor conception method, but more so like. My mom had tried, well, my mom's, I have also have two moms, as Ali mentioned, but um, my birth mom had tried for almost like three years to try to get pregnant and just could not get it. Like, she just could not conceive for some reason. And uh, it was just one thing after another. And she just said, you know, it's the last time that I'm going to do this. And sure as hell, here I was. So I think Ali had mentioned to me the same exact thing yeah. happened to your mom, right? Yeah, my mom was, was in a very, very similar situation because my mom was 40 when she gave birth to me. Um, yeah, my mom, and, I think my mom might have been 38, so they both were a little older. Yeah. Uh, maybe not 38, maybe 36. I can't remember. but Yeah, but so my mom was dealing with a, a lot of infertility issues and... Uh, her doctor specifically said, like, you know, you are 40 years old. If this has not happened by now, it is not going to happen. And she insisted on trying one more time. Um, and, like, that obviously did the trick because I'm here. Um, but it was just really amazing to, like, have be, like, talking to Sam and, like, learning all of these, like, amazing things that we shared in common and we've never met anyone else who has been in such a similar situation. Yeah. It's so crazy. Cause I think the same, I mean the something slightly different about, I think our childhood is that um, I grew up, my mom was heavily, heavily involved in Houston's LGBTQ community. And um, we just, I was like immersed in that. I mean, I was in pride parades from the age of like five, like in them on floats and stuff. <laughs> since I was like five. And um, I just was kind of, totally surrounded by people who were like me which growing up in the south I'm from the Houston area was actually really comforting to grow up around um, because that climate down there is just not all that accepting of a situation like that so I am like forever grateful to my parents for showing me that you know different types of families are completely normal and just because you're not like everyone else doesn't mean you have to be so um, that was just a slightly different thing that I think you and I grew up around was my, I just was totally immersed and I didn't think it was strange that people had different families than me, you know? I'm curious if, um, you two were ever like bullied or anything like that for having two moms or like how you navigated conversations around kids asking like, Oh, what does your dad do? Kind of like your, what you were saying earlier. Yeah, so for me, I never really faced like outright bullying for it. Um, and I think part of that was just that it wasn't something that I was really public about. And I think part of that was just that I like there was definitely some part of me that knew my family was different, but I I couldn't really pinpoint like why someone else wouldn't understand how my family was. Like my mom told me, 
when I was little that um, she would always worry about the day that like I would come home and ask like, mommy, why don't other, why do, why don't, why don't I have a daddy? Why does everyone else have a dad? Um, but she was really relieved because there was one day that I was playing with the neighbor's kids and I came home and I was like, I was super concerned. And I, I asked her, mommy, why doesn't Abby have a nanny? Cause that's what I called my other mom. <laughs> and <laughs> like, I, I didn't, in my head, uh, like mommies and nannies were as different as mommies and daddies. Like they were completely different roles. I didn't think of myself as having two moms for a very long time. Cause that was just a, a completely different parenting role because of the, just who they are and how their parenting styles have been. Um, but so that, that led to like a lot of confusion when, I would try to explain my family to other kids because I didn't know how to explain I have two moms. It was, I have a mommy and I have a nanny. And then I would get questions like, oh, you have a nanny? Like, wow, you must be really rich. And I, that would definitely was not the case. <laughs> um, wow. Oh my gosh, that is crazy, Allie. I didn't know that. <laughs> it just makes me laugh. I love that so much. Um, as far as my situation goes, it was definitely a bit odd growing up. Like, I remember, I almost wonder if I was, like, in denial or something when I was a kid. I mean, I, I remember growing up, like, none of my friends or my peers at my school had two moms. I was, like, the only girl, only kid who had two moms. Um, and it was just kind of like, I pret- almost pretended, like... I, I was almost like ashamed, which is so terrible to say thinking back on like when I was a young kid, but I just remember I kind of hit it for a long time. I tried really hard to not talk about it or kind of put myself in a situation where there was like conversation about parents or something like that. And it's, it, it, it honestly makes me so sad thinking back on that because I'm, I'm so proud to be raised, to have been raised the way that I was. But I think I had like a pivotal moment where I kind of just learned to say like, I mean, for lack of a better way to say it, like screw off to people Um, because I was bullied a lot when I was a kid for having two moms, especially growing up in Texas. It's like, it's not really all that common. And um, it was just kind of overwhelming at first, but I remember I was walking, my mom was picking me up from school and she drove I think it was like a blue truck and she had a rainbow sticker on the back and I've never thought anything about that right I was in like fifth grade I didn't even I probably didn't even know what that meant at the time other than that it was just associated with happiness because pride parades and all these events I'd always gone to I didn't really think anything of it but um I remember walking with my friend who I'll leave nameless right now who's not my friend anymore but she said to me why does your mom have a, a rainbow sticker? Is she gay or something? And like such a negative connotation. And I just remember thinking to myself, like the way you just said that sounded so negative. And I pretty much, I remember looking at her going like, literally I remember fifth year, like fifth grade year old me going, Oh my God, I don't want to be friends with you anymore. Like, I don't want to be, I don't want to associate myself with those type of people. I just, and I remember learning, essentially, after that day, I told everyone I knew I had two moms. I was just like, I have two moms, and I'm 
don't care who knows it. I was so happy. <laughs> the way that, like, born the way I was and with the situation that I was and raised in such a household full of love and none of that, like, negative connotation around other people because they don't feel that that should ever be turned in any way, shape, or form. I mean, kids shouldn't be talking like that. It has to stem from something, you know what I mean? And after that, I remember... I pretty much, I, I mean, I literally told everyone I knew, I'm like, yep, I have two moms. It's great. What about you? Like, I mean, <laughs> and it was so funny because in high school, my I had the cool parents. Like, everyone wanted to hang out at my house. And it's just all about how you stand up to a situation like that, I think, that you know, can kind of change the conversation about it. Yeah, I I think that like part of it is is like it's kind of like brought back to the stigma that's like put into society of like yes. what's going on. Mm-hmm. I'm also curious when um, your parents told you you were donor conceived, both of you. Um, so for me, at least, um, my mom was very mindful in the way that she talked about it with me. Um, And I do remember one specific conversation that I had with her uh, where she kind of sat me down and told me, like, this is why we don't have a dad in the house. Um, This is this is why our family is a little bit different from other families. Um, And I remember asking a question to her that. I I don't even remember what the question was, but I referred to my donor as a a dad and she was really like mindful to correct that and say that this is your donor. This is your biological father. Um, and that like calling someone a dad, that's more of a term you use for someone who actually fills that kind of role in your life. That's a term for someone who is actually actively. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still at work. I'm a total workaholic. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't you're good. Yeah. You're good. Um, but yeah, so that anyway, that was like a term for someone who was a parent. Um, whereas, our donor or our biological father is someone who like did this wonderful thing who donated a sperm which allowed uh my mom to experience pregnancy which was something that she really wanted to do for a long time and knew that that wouldn't be likely as someone who was uh lesbian and in this queer relationship and that uh he allowed her to like bring me into the world and that was a really wonderful thing but it's not the same thing as being a parent as being a father or as just being someone who like plays an active role in my life growing up That's so I, I can't what's so funny is I, I can't even remember that conversation with my mom at all I feel like I kind of always knew and I, I really don't even remember where it stemmed from or like how I really found out about it but is uh, my mom kind of treats it the same way I think your mom did growing up, Allie. We've always pretty much called him like the donor. I mean, we have no clue who this guy is. Um, and I've never, I feel like I probably had the same thought as you when I was a kid though, about like the whole dad thing. Cause 
I mean, as a child, I'm sure you might feel like you're missing out on something or, you know, some crazy psychological reason. But honestly, I don't even remember, which is so crazy to me. I'll have to think about that and let you know, because I honestly, I can't even remember. Well, and I think part of that is um, that when your parents are really good about like having that be just part of your language before you can even understand it. Um, yeah, like, that's true. Like the way that other kids talk about their dads, like it's it's just not mm-hmm. something you think about because it's already part of your narrative, like as you are learning language. Um, And as you are forming those understandings of who your family is and how your, what your family story is and how your family came to be. um, And just like having that language there is so important because then you just don't even think about it because it's just, it's just always been there. It's, it's not this big transition that happens all of a sudden. It's not like, oh my God, we just found this out. It's like, no, we we have two moms and then and our donors would allow our family to be this way. Um, yep. And when that's always part of the conversation, it's not this big shock and it's not this big memorable moment when you actually find that out. Right, exactly. I, I wonder if that's why I don't really think about it because it wasn't like a big event for me, you know? I'm curious, like how it felt going from being the only child to having a sibling um, and like just that feeling like I'm just I just want you both to express like literally how it felt and like was it scary was it exciting was it everything above you know also like on top of that I want to know like Ellie did you because I think that Sam you said that you're not really like you didn't go into like the ancestry DNA stuff to you did it to figure out if you were Italian or not did <laughs> but like did you both know that like it was a real possibility that you could find family that way? Yeah, so for me, uh, when I went into Ancestry, I knew that um, having half-siblings would be a possibility because, again, it was just always kind of part of that language that my mom had when we talked about our family, um, that, like, having half-siblings was a possibility, and it was probably something I would never know about, but that was before all of this DNA testing technology existed. Um, so it's really cool that it does now because like we're getting to have this awesome experience. But anyway, so whenever I had thought about having half siblings, I thought about it in this like super practical way because like so much of my identity was being an only child. Um, and uh, so when I whenever I thought about it, I was like, oh, well, it would be probably good to like know who these people are maybe like get in contact briefly just so we can introduce ourselves um if you ever need a kidney yeah like if you ever need if you ever need to like donate a kidney or like you know get a liver donation like that that would that would be a really good possibility that like hey we're really closely genetically matched so it was like this really practical thing um but I guess that's what made finding out about Sam like all the more magical that like we just connected so instantly um and I I like remember the entire experience of like like first getting that message um it was like at the end of this long day I had already taken my sleeping medication and I just like happened to check my messages before bed and I was like oh shit (laughs) like I can I can't go to bed now um like 
9 p.m. I'm like, I'm such an ass. I kept up for hours. <laughs> yeah, we like we like stayed up like talking for like two hours, just like back and forth, back and forth, because like both of us were just so excited about it, and we had like we just kept finding all of these little similarities, and I think that's what like made our connection even stronger that it was like oh my like I went when I talk about Sam to my friends now I I don't like use this modifier of like oh she's my half sister I just say my sister Sam um because it really feels that way and one of the things I've been thinking about a lot is that like I did grow up as an only child and like no no amount of time is going to change that. Like I'm not ever going to be able to like go back in time and have like a super traditional sister relationship with Sam, like uh, the experience of we're, gro- s- we're so traditional, right? Right. So exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but like, uh, and, and like we we may still find more half siblings. We actually just recently found a bunch more, but like, ev- and every one of those is going to be different and it's never going to be traditional because we didn't, grow up together but all of those relationships are going to develop as they develop and they're going to be what they're going to be and it's always going to be an exciting thing to explore um so Sam I'm interested to hear how how your side of that was as well oh yeah absolutely so it's funny because like Allie and I are very very similar people but I do come from like a slightly different situation so my parents Uh, my birth mom, Chris, and my other mom, Janet, um, they were together when I was born and were together until I was about nine when they split. Um, And my non-biological mom, Janet, had two children. So um, I technically grew up with siblings because, as we all know, like blood and all this time and everything is not what defines family so I did grow up with actually two sisters but they were way older than me like um I think one was is 10 years older than me and the others oh my gosh maybe 13 or 14 um but when I was about 13 long story short my um, oldest sister Jamie had passed she had breast cancer and was diagnosed at the age of 26 and I was very 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 close with her um and when she passed, it was really hard on my family. And, um, she was, it's funny. She was almost like the cool aunt to me, you know, like she was so much older than me. She didn't, I didn't really back then. I was so young. She just kind of felt like someone I could always confide in. And she, but she wasn't like the girl stealing my clothes. You know what I mean? She was never at home. She was never like, we were never living together. It was always like, I saw her when we all got together and, um, she was off doing her own thing and lived with her boyfriend and like all this stuff that you think when you think of like your oldest, oldest sister or your youngest aunt kind of thing. <laughs> I think of someone like her and her and I were just very, very close. And she pretty much raised me when I was a kid, but my other sister, um, her and I unfortunately have had a, a sort of falling out over the past few years. And that kind of, it, it's a hard thing for me to swallow, but, um, and I, it's, it's hard to explain to people because I don't ever want it to come across like, oh, well, I found this new person and blah, 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 because Ali is just so special to me and the fact of how similar we are. And I think what makes her feel like a sister to me is how trustworthy she is and how easy 
our conversations are and how there's just kind of this like no judgment like lay it all out on the table kind of thing with her and I like we just have this kind of weird understanding with each other where it's like I don't think anything she does is strange or weird because it's what makes her who she is and I think I honestly think that's what family is all about and that's kind of what we base at least for me my family has always based our foundation of relationship together as kind of this sense of trust and um I feel that with Allie and not only Allie but her whole family and it's so funny how I felt that almost immediately like we started talking and it was like I had known Allie my whole entire like from the second I was born I feel like I knew Allie it was like I was having this conversation with my mom the other day about like nature versus nurture it's just so weird about how genetics must work because her and I are just like we share so much in common and having had not known each other our whole life I mean beyond our situation but like personality traits and some of the things we like to do and the way that we talk and the way that we laugh and it's just like I feel like she's my twin it's so weird yeah you know what I mean for sure like the when we first like physically met um it was a couple months after we had started talking because I think we started talking to each other in like late March or early April and then we mm-hmm. yeah, I flew out to see you in October I yeah think. then we we met in like early October for the first time and then uh a late October my family went down for her wedding so her whole family's got to meet um, but anyway, so that, that first, that's not overwhelming. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, that was a, another whole crazy experience that we can tackle later. But anyway, so the first time that, uh, we were actually like physically together, um, it was so weird. Cause like we were in my kitchen and, uh, we were having this conversation with my mom and, uh, my, both of our backs were t- turned away from my mom and, she we, we like both we one of us said something and she couldn't tell who said it like my own mother <laughs> could not tell our voices apart um and so which which was super wild but also like at the there at the end of the the weekend it was just both of us were saying like oh my god this this has just felt so familiar it felt like we had done this before it felt like we've known each other for so much longer just because it was so easy it was so easy all the way around just like talking and spending time together it it just it all felt so familiar and I I, and I was talking I was was telling my mom that I was doing this so she was like her and I just kind of had like some random deep conversation and we were saying about how you know like I almost wonder if that stems from the way that we were raised. Like we were raised in this way that you're supposed to be understanding of other people's unusual situations. And while our situations are similar, we're both so different. Like we might say that we're completely the same, but I mean, we're also very, very different in a lot of ways. And I think that we kind of, like I said, just have this like general understanding of like, yeah, that's what literally makes you the person that you are, and it makes you so cool because of it, and it's just, and it's funny how I start to look, and I think it's taught me since meeting you, I start to look at other people with that kind of attitude, and it's been such a humbling experience to go through this whole, like, ancestry thing, because 
you start to learn more about other people's situations and kind of everything that they've gone through and you're like oh holy crap like that is that is absolutely crazy and you know what so is my situation sit back and listen to this and it's just like I feel like a lot more people are open to talking about it than maybe they were a few years ago and I just think it's like the coolest thing in the whole world how people are coming around to this whole idea of the ancestry thing because it's it's been such an awesome experience I just want to say like this whole time I keep getting like chills um but also like literally I'm like goosebumps everywhere but like hearing you two talk about this like bond of sisterhood but also like it almost seems like you found best friends in each other and um I'm like probably speaking for everyone listening and like in this room right now that like that I feel like there's always that longing of finding someone who just gets you and finding someone who you can share things with and trust and stuff and like life goals right here (laughs) but like how cool that you you both have this opportunity to like continue to meet more siblings and I know you kind of like mic dropped this earlier like the really cool part of your story is that it's going to keep growing potentially and it it has and it's not just you and Sam and I'm curious if you two want to like open that up (laughs) yeah exactly so so that's been the other wild thing is that uh uh we are now a group of seven uh, all together um and we'll we'll just stick with like first names because we want to respect their privacy but we have uh two brothers Zach and Tim and uh then we have a, another sister who we just discovered Lindsay and then another pair of sisters Steph and Danny and all of us have the same donor and it's just been really wild because um so we we met Zach and Tim a little while ago a couple months ago now and uh it was a really cool meeting them and especially because like it has been a different experience i think because they did grow up in a slightly different situation than we did um that they have heterosexual parents who chose donor conception because uh of like some genetic issues um like some some medical stuff and um, but then uh, our other sisters also have two moms and it's just been, we, so we only discovered about them very recently, um, because Zach took an ancestry or no, uh, he took a 23 and me test, um, and found them. And so we just all started talking within the last week. So that's still sort of an ongoing process of like, okay, we're getting to know a new set of people and seeing what we have in common with them. And it's, it's really different growing, going through that with an entire group of people. Whereas with Sam and I, it was just the two of us. Um, Yeah. And Allie, I don't know if you feel this way. I mean, we haven't really talked about it individually because we've both just been like, on the go 24 7 but like I feel like you and I we like we really had the time to get to know each other where I feel like this is all all of these others have come in so fast and in such an abundance like I feel like it almost feels less personable than it did the first time around yeah no I've definitely experienced that as well and I think part of it is that we're all sort of getting to know each other in this big group message um just because that's it's like so much easier than trying to like type an essay out to like three different new siblings um and also like have them only need to like type all their information out once um but it's much harder to like actually have 
a, a real genuine conversation than is when it's like just two people talking. Um, so it's interesting to hear you say that because it's definitely something I relate to. Actually, kind yeah, of on a side so note too. Because I feel, I feel like Danny in particular, one of our sisters, she um, messaged me on Instagram and we've been talking like individually and I feel like I know her so much better than like the ones I've been talking to in this big group setting like you mentioned. So it's funny how like this, the environment is so important in like conversation and um I just think it was I was interested to hear what you thought about that and what your thoughts were because I I immediately thought it last week when we were all talking I'm like oh my god now there's seven (laughs) (laughs) there was one another seven oh my god um I want to mention real quick that we actually were going to record this podcast like a few weeks ago and it got delayed. And I told Allie at work when she told me about her newest siblings, like her three other sisters she just found out about. Um, I was like, oh my gosh, that happened for a reason because that way we can learn this more expanded story now. Yeah, it's so interesting. And it's so funny. I mean, it's like a joke, but it's not really. We keep saying like, imagine how many of us there will be when we're like 40. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just, I can't even imagine. I, I don't know the law back then of, like, is there a cap on that kind of thing? Is there, like, how, I mean, I don't know. Can it stop? Like, how many of us are there? That actually was, I let it, like, segued right into what the kind of the question that I wanted to ask because like all of this has happened through DNA testing like through those the websites that you can like swab your mouth and then send it in right yeah Yeah. okay so then so none of this has happened through like the donation center so I actually actually have um I've been doing quite a bit of research I have (laughs) 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 i have been doing a lot of research lately um there's a particular podcast that i've been listening to um that is put out by family equality council it's outspoken voices they're getting some free advertising for me right now but they're really wonderful so they deserve it Uh, yeah sponsor um Uh, But anyway, so they uh, do a bunch of interviews with different members of like different kinds of queer families um, and the way and about the ways that they have chosen to have their family journeys. And uh, there was this one particular episode that I listened to that was super interesting because it was uh, someone who organizes a cryobank and who runs one and it was a parent who had whose partner had gone through donor conception um and then it was someone who was around our age who was donor conceived and it was an interview with all of them um and it was just really interesting to hear about those different experiences through time so the one particular organizer of this particular cryobank said that their cryobank was one of the oldest in the country and it was only 40 years old so that seems young yeah yeah it's very young and uh 40 years ago this wasn't something that was like really like marketed or like talked about as something that was a method for queer people to start families um it was seen as like a solution for heterosexual couples uh, 
where one person had genetic issues or was infertile. Um, and it was assumed to be something that the children would never know. Uh, so a lot of it was kept anonymous. So, cause it was, it was sort of assumed that like, you know, the parents are going to do this and they're never going to tell their children. They're just going to raise their kids like the regular biological parents. Because any form of infertility is inherently shameful. And exactly. we don't want to teach kids that you can't be <laughs> pregnant. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So a lot of the, uh, pretty much the only option was anonymous donation. And I know that my mom personally had to s- sign something. Sign a waiver, right? Yeah. She Your had to like, s- yeah, my mom too. Yeah. So she, they had to like sign paperwork saying basically they would never seek their donor out. Um, and my mom's logic was like, well, I'm signing this. My kid's not signing anything. <laughs> so she, <laughs> so (laughs) they can do whatever they want um but so our the cryobank that our parents used has actually since closed um and I'm sure the records of our donor still exist somewhere but like we have no like I don't even know where I would start looking for them if I wanted to um and that's a big difference with modern cryobanks is that they have a bunch of different like donation formats so you can have like an open or a closed donor and or it could be a known donor um and there's also a lot of options for uh like people to like have their contact information like sealed until uh the child like is 18 and then if the child wants then they can access that information relatively easily and the donor bank will arrange that contact um but it's very different like now as it was 20 years ago so yeah that's actually really really interesting to me um because then so hmm i just want to (laughs) like i want to (laughs) clarify yeah so just because I'm, I'm, I'm curious, and I feel like I have to ask this oh, question yeah, yeah. now. Um, so, Sam, you're in Houston. So I was born and raised in Houston. Raised in. I was born in Syracuse, New York, and then I lived a few other places. Moved to Houston, but I was raised there, and now I live in Orlando, Florida. Okay, okay, because I was like, how the hell did they get donor <laughs> sperm in two cryobanks? Like, I was, I was like, do they? Is it typical for them to share? Does it get dispersed? But okay, so then that makes that makes way yeah. Or did he travel? Because then, um, so that that makes much more sense to me. I was a little. <laughs> My parents drove up or over. I don't even know. I lived in freaking New York for like six months of my life i don't know anything geographically about new york um over to rochester i'm gonna say over to rochester um but that's right I that's think right that the majority of our i don't know about um Lindsay's situation i'm not sure i think she was also born in new york and so were our other two sisters and so are zach and tim so we're all from the rochester area ish um and essentially, all were born in New York. That's awesome. Thanks for clarifying that, because I was like, what? this is wild. <laughs> no, seriously. And, and it's, like, important to ask questions like that, because I feel like 
like both Sam and I have told this story so much and it's also just been such a part of our lives that it it's not always abundantly clear like what is clear to other people yes um, exactly so- totally I was just, I was thinking that before I got on this call I'm like I hope they're not scared to ask me something like totally off what would be off limits for other people you know like it's such a touchy subject but um it doesn't need to be I was already racking my brain like what would be off topic here or what would be like not okay to ask here because like I feel like in especially like in our podcast we talk about things and we're super open about it and so I come into the situation and I'm like I get to ask questions (laughs) it's so funny because it's it's like I don't know about you Ali but like I don't have I'm so open with people and I think that's just because literally of my life situation like I just don't keep anything off limits, but so many other people think things are off limits. You know what I mean? Like you can tell they're ashamed to ask things or it's just so funny to watch people's body language when they start to have this conversation. That's why I love this podcast idea because you can't see anything, which is so cool. Yeah. And so I think that's the other really cool thing is that, um, meeting Sam has really like, prompted me to like talk and learn about it more um Mm -hmm. especially because it was such a powerful thing for me to hear someone else tell a story that was so similar to mine um especially because when I was growing up it just wasn't something I talked about it wasn't something I heard other people talking about like the the closest experience that I heard was like maybe my friends who were adopted um but even even then it's like not quite the same um and that's still like a completely different experience and but it was like the closest thing that I had so it just wasn't something that I really had language around um and which that, that was the really cool thing about it was that it was like oh I like this is why it's so valuable for me to actually be vocal about my own story is that I could be doing the same thing for somebody else exactly yep completely agree so I know that you both got to meet your brothers um do you are you open about talking about that experience at all oh yeah for sure um sure yeah so I feel like I've been going first a lot Sam do you want to take the lead on this sure I'll go I'll go um so I flew into Rochester I don't even I don't even know what month it is right now let alone when the hell I was in Rochester last but I know I flew to Rochester <laughs> and I got to hang out it was with Father's while, Day so <laughs> I got to hang out with Allie for a while which was super fun that's our predominant visit was with each other which was really nice I always love getting to go up there and see her family and everything but um it was funny because it was actually Father's Day, which I still find so hysterical and ironic about that whole thing was that we got to meet our half-brothers <laughs> on Father's Day. And it was so funny because in the chat, like early on in the conversation with Zach and Tim, um, who we also found on Facebook first, or actually I think I messaged them on Ancestry and I think Tim got back to me and at the time he was living in Copenhagen or something in Denmark and he was like message me on Facebook it's faster so we started a group chat with the four of us and they're like me and Ali of course are like super forward and we're like when can we meet you guys like, we're all excited about this situation. I'm like I'm moving in no, I'm kidding but they're um they're just like 
it, it was just funny because they said something along the lines of, oh, yeah, we'll be home for Father's Day. And I remember thinking to myself, when the hell is Father's Day? I don't even know. I've never <laughs> celebrated Father's Day. I've never, like, we, it's, it's not a holiday that I know the day of. And so I remember I, I, I think, Allie, you had said, can you tell me when yeah, I was, I was like, Father's like, dude, you, you got, you gotta send is. dates. Like, you expect us to know when this is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so funny. It's so funny. And then it also ended up being Tim's birthday, our brother's birthday. So, um, it was just a really fun weekend. We essentially got invited to have dinner with their family, which I think was unexpected at first from us. I, I wasn't, ex- I don't know about you, Allie, but I wasn't expecting that. No, I wasn't either. At all. Um. And they invited us over, I, I think Tim and Zach's parents own a lake house over pretty close to Rochester. I think it was like a 20, 30 minute drive. And um, we got to spend pretty much the whole evening with them kind of just talking. And it, it was funny how it kind of also felt a bit immediate. Of course, there was like this difference in height, of course. They're all <laughs> a lot taller than us. <laughs> but um, it was funny how I think our personalities kind of all meant together like we're also different but also like and it was just a really special experience and it's so funny I've always wanted brothers like I've always always wanted brothers and they're just so cool like there there was that like immediate friend thing that came along with it too I think at least for on my aspect I don't know about you Ali yeah um, oh yeah for sure I, I, I really enjoyed getting to meet them and their family. Yeah, me too. And like, so the other really cool thing for me was that like, I mean, like we said, like Father's Day was never really something we celebrated and it always felt like a very abstract thing. Like if, if we ever celebrated Father's Day in my house, it was like sending a nice note to my grandpa um, who lives who lived like nine hours away down in Southern Ohio. So like, even that was very far away, even though he was like family who I knew. Um, but if we were ever, ever celebrating my donor, it would be like just shouting thank you to the void. <laughs> like it, it, was, it, it was just this very so like <laughs> distant thing. Oh um, and so it was really cool. To, like, <laughs> have this father's day that I was able to like look around and celebrate something so tangible that like he is the reason that all four of us are alive and the reason that our families all got to have children and um it was especially cool just looking around because we look so alike um that that part was so weird yeah like yeah male version of yourself you know what I mean kind of yeah and especially because like Zach and Tim don't look alike hardly at all, but the four of us together, like all kind of connected. Yeah. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. It's just, it makes me smile just thinking about it. It's so crazy. Do you guys care if we like post a picture of you for, if, with their permission? Uh, yeah, we can definitely, we can definitely ask their permission to, to do that. Um, but I mean, we've, we've posted it on our own social media, so I guess is, it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think they mind at all, but it's funny. I mean, it's not funny at all. It's just, it's more so like, it was interesting to hear, like, because I think something we've also haven't mentioned on here yet is that Tim and Zach also, they didn't know about their donor 
they did they didn't know they were donor conceived essentially um for i think the majority of their life correct me if i'm wrong Allie, but i don't think they knew that until recent so it's definitely more of like a new thing for them and i don't know that they've really wrapped their heads around it completely yet yeah and i think um so they they did say that they had had like just found out about this within the past few years um and uh their parents originally like had not planned on telling them um and then with all of this like dna testing coming into popularity their mom and dad just decided like ah this is something we should tell them before they this is a conversation we should actually have in person before like they found out find out in a way that's gonna break a bunch of trust i was Um, gonna say when when sam when you said that they didn't know i I was was sitting here like oh shit (laughs) (laughs) you messaged them and they didn't know (laughs) i was like having a heart attack over here what came out of my mouth when i heard that too i was like what the hell do you mean i just i like I just can't even imagine that situation. But at the same time, they I think they've handled it with, like, such grace. And they've been so accepting about the whole situation. And I think they're very thankful to their parents, knowing the circumstances now. And I, I really think they've handled it in, like, the best way possible, both mentally and, like, outwardly with their family. They've just they're both just good people you know what yeah. I mean yeah and they, they've been very like relaxed about this whole thing and um it's funny so, to me how yeah how chill they are yes people. like Sam and I when we were originally messaging them we were so worried about reaching out at first because we like oh my god what if they don't know what if like the, their mom did this without telling their dad like what if all the what, what if all of this stuff like all of these what ifs um and they were all just like Yep, we found out a couple years ago, and we were totally fine with it. Um, yeah, but so I think par- part so of that is because they um, have quite a bit of adopted family. Um, that their mom was adopted, and only like genetically knows that she has her half sister, and then their younger sister was also adopted. Um, and so one of the interesting things that they were telling us was that like this has been really cool for them as well because their mom and their aunt are with the exception of us now is like are they were the only people who they knew they were genetically related to um that it was just their mom and their aunt and so now they get to have like all of these half sisters as well so that kind of expands their pool of potential kidney donors yeah, <laughs> totally, um totally. so so one of the other but i think it's interesting oh. it's so interesting too how like not only do we kind of look alike i think we all have similar like genetic traits in in common too uh, further than just like uh, i mean for example like the whole eye thing ally like yeah. we all have eye problems and all very similar um situations in that aspect and it's been interesting to find out like other people's health issues within our realm of sibling world like it's been really interesting at least to me I've loved learning about that yeah that's like practically the first question we asked to our new sisters like what is wrong with your eyes because like all of us have an eye thing but what's funny is it's all like a slightly different eye thing 
Um, it's we don't all have the same problem, but it's like all of us just have problems with our eyes. Um, but it's worth it because we all got these incredible like light blue eyes, and they're all exactly the same, which is like really weird. That's the one like consistency with all of us is that we all have these like really really light blue eyes. Um, yeah, whenever I, I show pictures to people, they're like, "Oh Jesus, it's the eyes again!" Like they, we all have the same, the same exact shape eye, the same like wrinkles under our eyes. They're set back the same way. Like it's just so strange. Like I think that's how I can usually pick up on like immediate similarity between all of us is totally our eyes. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the other kind of funny little things that we found out uh, talking to Zach and Tim was that, uh, and this has nothing to do with genetics. You're talking about the cat thing? Yes, the cats. (laughs) Um, So when they were little, they had two cats named Sam and Allie at the same time, which I think is... Stop! Synchronicities all over the place. Oh my god, that's so creepy. Oh my god, I still get chills every time I hear that. I know that's just the the wildest thing to me. I know, so cool. I remember Allie telling me that. What's so funny? I haven't actually told you this yet, Allie, but like Danielle is like a really prevalent name in my family. Uh, So it's so weird. Oh my god, the Danny thing is like, like, I can't believe that's her name. It's so funny, like. Uh, it's so cheesy. Like my my favorite cousin's name is Danielle. My cat's middle name because everyone names their has a, a middle name for their cat is Danielle. And my <laughs> name is Daniel. So it's just like it's so interesting to me that there's now like a Danny. I just think that's so cool. Yeah, that's that's really awesome. So, so many cool. so many little connections. I know, and it's so funny how we keep picking up on them. You know. Yep. Yep. So I'm curious, like, I feel like so much has changed for both of you, obviously, recently, and you lived this long life before you met each other. Like, how have you learned about yourself through this experience? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, how have I learned about myself? That's a loaded question. Holy cow. Alex, you have a question or an answer for that? Yes, we did say we did say anything. This is the time for questions. Um, <laughs> I know. Holy cow. Ah, self-reflection. Okay, so uh, I guess for me, I've it's it's been a lot about. Um, th- there's definitely been a transition for me as far as thinking of myself as an only child to thinking of someone with a bunch of siblings. Um, and like, I guess, I guess what I've learned is like how to reconcile that. Um, and that's been, that's been kind of a tough thing. Like there like obviously I've had like very close friends throughout my life um but I think there's a certain expectation with siblings and with family members to like stay in contact with one another um and I think that's true of like all family is that there's this like expectation that you're there for each other and that 
you are going to like keep up with everybody and kind of like know how everybody's situations are. And I've always been a very introverted person and not really one to ask those kinds of questions. It's like, hey, how have you been lately? Um, so it's been interesting for me to explore that side of myself um, with like actually, actually really taking the initiative more and like asking questions to my new sisters and um like planning a visit to go see Sam like that was never something that I had to like think about before it was always like any time that my family went on trips it was usually to like go visit other family we didn't go on like family vacations that often um and like this past spring I took a trip by myself down to go visit Sam and that was a brand new experience and I was like learning like hey I really enjoy like flying by myself and like just like going to go see my sister like this was a brand new thing and I didn't know if it was something I would enjoy I mean like obviously I always enjoy going to see Sam but like that kind of trip was never something I envisioned myself taking especially down to Florida of all places I'm usually more of a like I'm gonna go get lost in the woods that's my that's my kind of vacation not so much going down to Florida um but that I like get a, a real good reason to explore that side of myself and that's that's been really cool yeah I I totally understand where you're coming from all of it because I think learning I think for me though the the craziest thing is I really learned to like embrace the change of I mean it's not my identity but like I've learned to embrace this change in myself and I think that I've kind of applied that in so many different aspects of my life can you guys hear that my dog is chewing on a toy is that so annoying can you hear that oh I can't hear the dog chewing on a toy but I can hear like the site what are they called cicadas outside and they're so oh my loud. God. <laughs> God. Okay. Anyway, um, he, I mean, I've just, I feel like that has been something I've, I've never really handled change very well. It's always been something that I've, I've really struggled with in, I think every aspect of my life. So having this big event happen where, holy crap, now I have a new sister and then now I have three new siblings and now I have five. Oh my God. Now there's seven. It's like, you know what I mean? And it, it, it's, it, I hate to call it an identity, but like, it's something that I've always said to myself and I've always kind of had trouble kind of explaining to people of the whole thing about, especially with my other two sisters, because they, you know, they weren't my blood sisters or anything. And not that that makes them any less, if there's anyone who knows that blood is not family, that doesn't make a family, it's totally me. Like, I love my non-biological mom. Like, she was my whole being. Like, I love her to death, and I love my sisters to death. But it's been so interesting to me to learn how I can explain things to people and become more self-aware and kind of more empathetic when you go about explaining even my own situation to someone because it's something that you have to really learn to control your emotions and, you know, never stop learning about other people. And 
it's definitely been a challenge, I think, for me, my whole life, especially, like, the whole never stop learning thing, you know, like, you get, you feel like, even with, like, a best friend, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this, but it's like, oh, yeah, I already know you, like, I know everything about you, and it's like, no, you don't, we're constantly changing, and we're constantly evolving, and I think it's something that I've really learned from this situation in particular. Like, I don't know everything about Allie and there's so many things that I do know about her now, but I don't know everything. And I feel like every time I, I see you, Allie, there's like something else that we go, holy crap, we have this in common or, oh my gosh, this happened to you when you were five. And oh my gosh, something similar happened to me. And I think that I, anyone can take that from our situation is I, and I hope they do is like never stop learning about other people. Everyone has so much to give. And, um, with a little bit of, you know, like you said, Allie, kind of like being straightforward and taking the risk of like getting to know people. There's so many cool people out there that we don't even know. You know what I mean? This conversation is so cool. Um, and I want to thank you both for sharing your experience with us. Um, and I, I kind of want to finish with this question. What does family mean to you? All right. Uh, so to me, family is those people who you like do really make a commitment to of saying like, we are going to keep in touch and we are going to be there for each other. Um, because like for me, like I've, I had my, like growing up, I had my, uh, birth mom and my like air quotes adopted mom. Um, my parents are not married and they probably won't be. Um, and I had my extended families on both sides, um, but like my my non-birth mom um there's like nothing legally or genetically connecting our families other than our experience um but like the trip that i just got back from was go visit going to visit my adopted family um and my cousins on that side of my family and like i love them to pieces and i feel like if anything were ever to happen to my parents or if I were to like fall on hard times I would probably go to live with them um and like having that sense of like that these people will be here for me no matter what happens no matter what my situation is um no matter what their situation is like I know I can count on them to be there for me um and I think that kind of comes back to like what the heart of family is for me um that it doesn't matter whether you are like genetically related although that can be like obviously a really cool connection to have um that ultimately isn't what defines family for you there can be definitely overlap there that like with sam and i we are absolutely family because i feel that same way about her um that like we made this connection because of genetics but we chose to be family right yeah, it's totally a choice. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like, for me, anyway, I have so many family friends that I consider family and so many people that don't fall within even, like, my 
non-biological mom's side of the family, who I do consider my family because they offer more than anything in the world to me. I mean, they give daily support. I think that's like number one to me. Like there's gotta be this, this undying support. And if it's not support, it's just like a, an open ear for you to listen to Um, kind of back to what I was talking about earlier with this like judge free zone kind of thing. I feel, I think that's so important to instill in a family relationship and of course, like love and compassion are also so important. And even in times where you might not feel all the love in the world from someone, if you're having an argument or anything like that, just being compassionate and open to what someone else might be feeling and, you know, being empathetic, I think it's just so important with, I mean, it extends beyond family, but I, I don't know what I would do without my family in that instance. I mean, my mom, for example, there's like always an open ear and this open door policy where like I can say anything I want and it's not going to be taken in any kind of demeaning way because, you know, you're upset and you're speaking from a place where you're upset and I feel like your family kind of understands that. I don't know if you guys kind of know what I'm talking about, but um, yeah. even in even in a friend group, like your friends that you consider family, I feel like that applies as well. It's just, it's got to be this empathetic two-way street because you're not going to grow in a relationship that way. And I just think it's so, so, so important and such something that I really strive for in almost every relationship that I have friend family anything but I think it's especially important with your group that you define as family because the definition is different for everyone I think we might showcase that as exceptionally well in our situation but so um, yeah so that's um another interesting thing is that I think it's especially with both of us because we come from queer families and queer families have always kind of had to form their own definitions of family that we don't fit into those standard roles like one of the really good examples of this is uh the first day after I started talking to Sam I immediately called my mom's like first thing in the morning I woke up real early so I could catch them before they went to work um and I also called my grandma and I told her all about Sam and I, my, my grandma was so excited and she was like, oh, I have a new granddaughter now. And like, that was, that was just such a sweet thing. But like, we were, we were talking about it a little bit later and we were thinking like, that's not technically it, but like, what else are you going to call your granddaughter's half sister? Like we have grown up in these families where there are not like nice neat names for things like one word labels for your family relationships that like we've had to invent our own like the way that I called my parents like mommy and nanny like because there wasn't this like really nice wrapped up societally accepted term for what do you call your two moms (laughs) um so I think that that's a big part of where we're both coming from is that like we've always had to define family for ourselves and you know what's so funny just to, I know like we're you're trying to wrap up but I it's so oh, funny because it's totally fine I comment I posted this thing over the weekend I've had like a really 
I'll skip that whole part, but I've had like a really rough few weeks and, um, I posted, I, I had dinner with my parents. Um, my mom, my biological mom has since remarried and so has my non-biological mom. So technically I have four moms and, um, and you also have my two since they, they, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so funny. Six. And yeah. so I had, I was having just like a terrible day. I was feeling just like so down and so awful. And I had dinner with my parents, um, the ones that live here in Florida and, I just like, I felt so much better. And then I was laying in bed, I got home and I was just kind of in that, like, you know, depressed anxiety, like bedridden state that sometimes you just feel like you need to like get in bed and crawl in a hole. And I'm sitting there like the, what was me terrible attitude. And my other mom called me. It's like, they know, you know, and, and that was my non-biological mom. It's so funny how it's like these people in your life just kind of know, they feel when things aren't right. And, I, when I posted this thing, I said, I actually have the best parents in the world. Dinner with one set of moms and a phone call with the other. I'm so, so grateful for this sport system. And your mom, Allie, commented on it and said, plus, you've got some half-stepmoms-in-law as well. We really do need to come up yeah. with an appropriate term. And my non-biological mom commented and said, we're all just family, Wendy. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that made me, like, weepy when I read that because yeah. I, th- I think that – it literally is verbatim what you were just talking about. Like there's not, there doesn't need to be a term for everything. It's just family is family. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I could call your mom at any point. And if I was like bawling my eyes out, she would just like treat me like her kid. You know what I mean? Like, and and it doesn't need, not everything needs a term. Like family, I feel like is something you feel, you know what I mean? Absolutely. I love this so much. And it just like, I feel so heartwarmed, and I feel like a lot of our conversations we have on here, it's like, blah, yeah. angry, oh, capitalism, you know? So it's like, Allie, your mom's so sweet, so like, but like, I needed to feel that angry. So it's just been such an amazing experience, like, hearing your story, so once again, thank you so much for sharing your story. Like, and this hopefully will reach a lot of people and have them look at their own situation and see like family is more of a feeling. It's not this nuclear family, family system that was created by people, you know? So, um, yeah, yeah, that was amazing. I don't know. I'm so excited right now. Oh my gosh. Thank you guys so much for having me. This was so fun. This was so, it's such a cool environment to talk about. Yeah. Also, thank you, Sam. Cause like, I, I feel like we've had this conversation in like bits and pieces, but it's actually been nice to like sit down and have like a good conversation. Yeah. I know. It's yeah, cool. exactly. I, totally, I love it. This is way more fun than working. You guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> of course. So yay. Awesome. Um, that was great. Um, so obviously we wrap up our show basically the same every time. So just to remind everyone to uh, rate and review our podcast, especially if you are on um, iTunes because it'll bump us up and more people can see us. Um, and then also we are on Instagram at Great Awakenings and we also are, um, you can email us at greatawakenings at gmail.com. Um, and we're all on social media as well. So we're going to shout out everyone or all of our handles, stuff like that. So you can find me on Facebook at Hannah Gray and you can find me on Instagram at inclusively Hannah. 
Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Eleanor Webster, A-L-Y-N-O-R, and also at Eleanor Webster Illustration, because I do art, too. <laughs> and, uh, my Instagram is Sam underscore Drafke, uh, D-R-A-F-K-E, and uh, Facebook, it's just Sam Drafke. Awesome. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Not Too Taboo Amanda, uh, and then you can find me on Facebook at Amanda Drew. And you can find me on Instagram at Transpirational Healer, and on Facebook it's Adrian Gray. Make sure you spell Adrian with an E, so it's A D R E A N. <laughs> just, just for a heads up, but I also uninstalled the Facebooks from my phones right yeah, now. Self-care right there. Um, so we love you all so, so much. So continue to share our podcast. What's up? We have news. We already, I, I did it at the What beginning. do you mean you did it but at the beginning? I did it at the beginning, <laughs> but we can remind them just to remind everyone. We now have a Patreon. Woo! Yay! So if you want to support our podcast even more, we are going to hook you up with some awesome stuff if you support our podcast. And the link is in the bio of our Instagram. And we also shared it as well. It's on my Instagram link as well. I don't know if you all want to change yours or what, but um, I did. So yeah, exciting stuff happening over here. Pissed I missed it. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I told you at the beginning that I did it before anyone got here, so I could just be like, cool. Awesome. I thought that that was like, hey, I posted on our Instagram. Oh, no. and so I was like, oh, what a teaser. Because <laughs> it's on our story, like something big. <laughs> yeah. No, I recorded it at the beginning. Shut up, right? All right. Well, we love you all so much. Thank you again to Sam and Allie. It was amazing. We love you. Bye. 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 Bye.